Hello, welcome to Going Off Track. Hello, Mike Toucher. I mean, Jonah Bear. Brad gets mad when I get touched the <laughs> microphone. He thinks he's going to make noise. We've done 150 of these podcasts. <laughs> For some reason, only today, I feel like I need to keep touching the mic. <laughs> yeah, you're usually very good about it. Yeah, I don't know what's happening. Um, Although... You're touchy-feely. The last intro we taped, I did spill coffee all over my crotch. Yeah. So let's try to... So if you're a fan of the podcast, you know which one that was. <laughs> you can relive that moment over and over. <laughs> um, it's still wet. I just checked. His crotch is still wet. Speaking of wet crotches, <laughs> today on the podcast... <laughs> uh, is a wet crotch maker oh himself. <laughs> Harmar superstar. Um, you thought I was talking about Jonah? No, no, no. Not me. Not me. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Harmar, I sort of hooked up with through, uh, my friend Ryan plays drums for him and Denver from Desaparecidos, uh, who's been on the podcast before is Harmar's a bass player. So Denver came on the podcast and was like, I think Sean would do it. And I was like, really? That'd be cool. And then, uh, me and Sean sort of started emailing and then I just started sending him messages like, what's cool on Netflix? And he'd be like, oh, you should check out like Peaky Blinders. So I started watching that. And then he came in, and it was like, we're old buds. <laughs> um, and he's, uh, it's interesting. Like, I feel like when he first came out, it was like, kind of like, he was portrayed in kind of this way where it's like, sort of like, he had a shtick, and like, like that kind of like, sometimes got a lot of attention. And now he's just like, he's an incredible voice. He's like a f- fucking sick band. And he's like, he's like the real deal. And he, like, kn- I, he knows you get a good band, and you yeah. got it made. Yeah. So Especially with his hilarious yeah so he definitely has a great sense of humor but it's also i think if if you think if you have any like preconceived notions about harmar superstar and you haven't listened to him in a while like i would check it out because i think it might actually be not what you expect um but yeah he's an awesome dude other awesome dudes work at this place called commonwealth press i've Um, heard of that place yes you may have heard about it if you've ever tried to get band merch printed a great deal with excellent quality Oh, yeah. That must be it. <laughs> uh, so those guys are in Pittsburgh. Um, they're an independent company. They're um, fans of the podcast. And uh, and they make great merch. And they make great merch. For your band. And if you're in a band, you need merch. Um, you probably don't know how to do it or where to go. Screen printing is expensive, and you don't want to do it on your own unless you know what you're doing. So um, go to CommonwealthPress.com. If you go backslash podcast, um, you'll get taken to a special page. I've been to it. And... Uh, if you put your order through that page, you'll get six free shirts. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. What size? I think any size you want. Ooh. Pick the size. Mm. Uh, my band, we always seem to run out of small shirts, but have a million extra larges. So don't don't that's, make too. That's many. because you have a lot of girls coming to your show. That John. is definitely not true. <laughs> <laughs> we have a lot of small dudes like me. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so thanks to Commonwealth Press. Um, thanks to Harmar for coming by. He's uh, doing this Primavera sound thing in this huge festival in Barcelona, I believe, in, like, the summer and maybe May. Um, he, they just did a tour with the Pizza Underground, Macaulay Culkin's band. And, yeah, just keep an eye out. He, he, they're always around doing stuff. So, ladies and gentlemen, Harmar Superstar. Uh, looks like you're recording the telephone over there. Hello. <laughs> we did a super funny sketch with the telephone earlier. Yes. No, I'll just record it. It's okay. It's yeah. Roll. In case someone calls. You guys say anything when I went to get the water about me? We just should talk to you. Yeah, yeah that was just... Really? Yeah. 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 What? About my pants? No, it's about the water. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, you guys have, like, terrible water here. <laughs> well, I was, I, was like, I was like, usually we have the water ready for the guests. They don't have to ask for it. It kind of like makes us look unprofessional. Oh, really? You were like making excuses? Yeah. Don't yeah. you know never make excuses? Don't you know that we mm. are the all-stars here, Jonah? These people are lucky to be here with us. Yeah, it's true. Okay? And today... Just always act like that. I, shot, I thought the shoes were the all-stars. We're the superstars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Speaking of superstars... Today we're joined by Harmar Superstar. Hello. How's it going? I'm good, man. How's Do you it prefer going? Sean? Is that... I, I like them both. You like them both? I answer to both. I, wow. uh, I've been familiar with you for a long time, but 
I got really into what you were doing when I heard your podcast, specifically the episode you did with Father John Misty. Oh, sweet. That one's really, that one's one of the best ones. It is so good. And then <laughs> I met him at SNL when he was there with Beck, and I was like, I heard you on Harmar's podcast, and I started talking to him about the Yelp review thing <laughs> yeah. that you guys did. Oh, that's the best, man. I love that. That's one of my favorite things to do on tour. It's like, Can you maybe explain that a little bit? Well, yeah, you just like, uh, when you're rolling through a town, you sort of Yelp what's coming up, and you you it's, it's the best to look at like... Uh, local Yelp reviews of chain restaurants like uh and then read them uh, aloud to everybody else in the van like um in the character that that would definitely live in that town so like uh you know like uh there are people who are like shocked that like the 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 fish at red lobster is frozen <laughs> you know, in Kansas like, City in Kansas City where you're like uh yeah man there's not it's not an ocean anywhere near but like it's always stories about like how yeah, you know, it's always like my wife and I were, uh, you know, waiting for our pizzas, and hers came back with pepperoni on it. You know, and like everything's like uh, so, so angry. Everything's like like caps. I don't know. I I I could do it, but I feel like I feel like it's it's there. And yeah, you can just go find it. The ones that's curious to me is like whenever there's a review of like a chain store like that, and it's not like a great review or a bad review. It's like I went to Dwayne Reed. The line was like sort of line long, but not too bad. <laughs> yeah. It's like what prompts you to write that? Yeah, if the experience was so mundane. Yeah, exactly. Like I, there's just people who yelp about just anything. Yeah, uh, I've never felt the need to write a review. Right, any place. You know what I mean? Or people just like it's like there's. Their star system is way off. Like, well, they'll, they'll like write a seething, terrible review and still give it a four out of five. <laughs> you know, what I, I mean? noticed that like, a lot. What? They must not realize. They must think they're two separate things. It's probably just like all the pitchfork writers. <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah. what's weird about it too is like I'll like go through all of them and like weigh all my options, and I'm like, why am I listening to these people? <laughs> yeah, like, these yeah, people exactly. are all fucking nuts. I hate these people. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't talk to. Yeah, these like people. if I saw this guy in the street and he was like, "You should go to that restaurant," I'd be like, "No way." <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's the, it's four. There's four people. It it's got to be, uh, yeah, internet commenters, I think it is the same people over and over. Oh, yeah. For the yeah. Mo- it's got to be such a small... Although I just did a bunch of Amazon reviews. For some reason, like, I'd never do... I, do, I buy tons of shit off Amazon. Yeah, me for, too. Like, for That's work like and I for do. home. And, and, like, I don't know, like, a reminder popped up. And I was like, wow, I, you know, actually, that was a pretty awesome product. And I clicked on it. And there was a whole list of shit that I'd bought. Yeah. And I was like, oh, whatever, man. I, I got to give back to the community. Yeah. I mean, man. I guess I'll give it a star rating if it doesn't take yeah. any, like, thought. Yeah. You yeah. Know what I mean, yeah. yeah I, wrote, I wrote, like, three paragraphs for one item. I don't remember what, what item it was. was it? I, I, I can't remember, but it was awesome. It was like a tool. It was something <laughs> really simple. I was like, this is so simple, but it's so hard to find something like this. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a passionate review. Was, yeah, it's like six reviews. I was like, I'm good for two years now, man. See, it'd be fun to write like really passionate, like poetic reviews that are kind of hard to like, they're all veiled in mystery. <laughs> you should do that, man. That'd be a lot of wasted energy, but it can be fun. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking I can't even do like for the stuff sake that of I'm art, man. To do, so. <laughs> I know. I'm always like, I don't have time to review this stuff. It's like, what am I doing? I'm just like sitting on the internet doing nothing. Like, yeah. I would actually be probably sort of productive. Just reading you could be other giving back. Reviews. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of like it's kind of like the jury system. Like, do you want it, you got to go serve on the jury because ultimately, when you get arrested, you want to be you know you want a jury of your. I'm making quotation mark peers, right? I right. love that you're just planning on getting arrested. <laughs> Same this is for my big Jonah arrest. Get I want it to be fairly. I know that, fairly true. That's <laughs> my thing too. I feel like I bought so many like wedding gifts over the years. I was like, if I don't get married, I feel like I should just have a party or something. Yeah, exactly. A registry. Yeah. Just make a registry. Yeah. It seems, it seems fair. That seems fair. Yeah. My friend Kathy got married in Bethesda, Maryland. It's an amazing wedding. Yeah? Yeah, it was great. <laughs> but if you are going to, but just so, if you are going to have this awesome party, which I think is a great idea, solicit gifts, just be sure you have it with somebody else so that it's kind of like, well, like I a wedding. I'm going to wait till I'm like 50 or something. But then also like, you know, make sure that you know that it, that you get into a big fight with that person and their entire family. <laughs> I should have done that. Like, I lived with uh, my two friends, Preston and Jeremy, for about ten years. We should have had like a common law wedding. Yeah, and just gotten everything yeah, dude. We needed, Hell like, yeah! But then, uh, they, you know, we could have pulled some weird tax shit on each other and maybe like <laughs> taken each other's belongings. In the end of the day, it would have been a rough breakup when we all moved out. Yeah. 
<laughs> Make for a great memoir. That's true. So we had your, your bass player, Denver, on the podcast yeah. a couple months ago, which was Daddy. so fun. Yeah. Sweet. What did he do? Did he do a headstand? We talked about... He didn't do any headstands. We talked about Omaha a lot. Sweet. We had uh, Benny from Gaslight Anthem guest hosted. Oh, nice. And then and then I went to MoMo with Denver. Oh, yeah. It was really fun. You guys, so you guys checked out some art? Yeah. And then got a little if I couldn't see culture. stuff, yeah, I'd be like, Denver, what is that art? I can't see it, <laughs> yeah, but you're seven feet you tall. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, and we're friends with Ryan from your band. Yeah. Great. McMahon. McMahon. And you, I think last time I talked to him or one of the, or maybe Denver, you guys were about to go out with the Pizza Underground. Yeah. We did like a six week US tour. It was the full deal. What was that like? Cause I had, I saw some things someone posted from Riot Fest that was like, do not approach Macaulay Culkin. What? Like it was like do not. T- and I wonder if it was just Riot Fest. Like yeah, it was like, I mean probably so in a festival people. setting, it's weird for them. I think because like at our shows, it was great because yeah. people were there to see us and them, and uh, people were like ready for the show and knew what it was. But like, I feel like in a festival setting, it's more of like a a circus attraction for people, right? Yeah, you know what I mean. Where they're totally. like, oh my god, Macaulay Culkin's in this band. Let's go check it out, and then they're just like dicks. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I don't know what the music's going to be, and like, they won't necessarily like. I mean, it's simple. Like, if you're into the Velvet Underground and pizza, you'll pretty much like the band. And who isn't and, into the Velvet and, Underground and pizza? I mean, yeah, I guess some of these pedestrian motherfuckers. Are, <laughs> so, 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 uh, so uh, I think like in a festival setting, you know, yeah, it's definitely more like, like you know, people just like staring at people on a stage yeah. not really caring but like on the tour it was great it was super fun uh the crowds were awesome the shows were like it was a really good combo of bands like just really fun night i was out there on with my band and we were playing some of the same places like i think the observatory in santa Ana, maybe, yeah yeah or some of those places and yeah like everyone seemed like so excited about the shows it was super fun man i uh it was like i didn't really know what to expect going out and uh it turned out really great and it was like one of those things where it could have gone either way like that joke could get really old after like a week if you're like watching it every night but like yeah. it, it really got better <laughs> like it was like more fun once you like knew all the words you kind of like had to sing along sort of thing was macaulay cool is he just like a yeah he's dude? great man he's so fun he's a really good friend of mine he's just kind of like a chill dude that likes to drink whiskey and hang out Ooh. foster the arts he makes yeah. art and i don't know he's he's a good dude that's great. And I, I'm trying to think, because I, I feel like I saw you, like, a really... Did you ever tour with Schneider TM? Uh, I don't think I did, but uh, I know The Faint did. I'm trying to remember. I think, didn't didn't Schneider TM open, like, that tour that was, like, The Faint and TV on the radio? I don't know. I think I that saw that awesome, tour. I, think, uh, I definitely saw... Is it just him? you call it him? I think it's just him, yeah. yeah, yeah I, don't, I didn't want to be like, I saw him, and then I would be like, yeah, <laughs> no, I no think Leonard some, Skinner some German dude. dude, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, I saw you a long time ago, and I then I was watching some more recent videos, and it seems like your show, in particular, has really evolved a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's just, it, it's evolved in a way that it's like a, a band now, yeah. more, more so than before, because I used to just go out with like a mini disc player and just piss people off well which was it, great it seemed like yeah like sort of like like, like the pizza underground it almost seemed like a little bit more of a shtick before and now it's like musically it's like everyone in your band is awesome like yeah you have a great voice like it seems like it's more of like a legit type thing i guess yeah i mean after you do something for like 15 years you can't you got to take your tongue out of your cheek yeah like, <laughs> you're like okay well i'm gonna keep doing this like, i can't you know what i mean like i don't want to be like I'm not I, I'm not particularly into like joke bands, you know what I mean, or like funny musician guys with guitars and stuff like that. So I was like, I didn't really want to be considered one, so I just thought I'd step up and write some songs. Yeah. Was that like was that like a conscious thing at some point, or was it just kind of like uh, it was kind of like I don't know. It was like I was writing like pop songs and stuff for like other people, and I got really into that thing for a while, and then I was it's like. I really loved making like pop stuff, so I was doing that for like Harmar stuff, and then kind of just got over that. And it's like one day, like turned on the radio and was like, "All this shit sucks," so I don't want to do that anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I want to like, I want to like play songs that I would listen to, which is like soul stuff. So 
Uh, but my, it, I kind of had to wait for my like voice to mature a little bit too. To like, if I was like 25 singing like the shit that's on Bye Bye 17, it would be like, shut the fuck up. Kid. <laughs> you haven't lived yet. You know? Yeah. That's true. <laughs> so kind of just had to grow into it a little bit. I think that's awesome. Yeah. What about you, Brad? Have you ever, have you ever done any, any shows that involve dancing or you stripping or anything like that? B. B? Yeah. <coughs> what does that mean? B. I- Stripping has, oh, well. has had occurred, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of whiskey, yeah, it was after seven uh, Manhattans. Yeah, wait, waiting to go on late for a show for it was a birthday party. Okay, so you stripped yeah. before you went on stage? No, <laughs> we went on stage and we had these outfits because I don't know what, it was a friend's birthday party, but it was also a show, and so we decided to wear outfits and we had these like big brown like um, polyester pants. And white shirts and I didn't have a belt and my pants were too big and like they kept falling down and finally the singer pantsed me. <clears throat> oh. And, so, I, and then she took off my underwear. Wow. <laughs> and then I, I took off the shirt. Sadly this is before, <laughs> sadly this is before YouTube. It was a pantsing. I've never seen it. That's the best way to like not give satisfaction to the pantser. <laughs> Just to like, just like, be like, oh yeah, I'll just take off my underwear too. Yeah, Fuck you. Exactly. Got you beat. You think? Uh, I think it one step further. And just like, take I'm not a shoe even embarrassed at all. I'll take this one. Yeah. But you know what? Actually, okay. There's an ending to that story that actually is really hilarious. This was on Third Avenue, and like 13th Street it was Space at Chase was the venue at the time. I don't know what it is now. It's probably was it a Chase Bank? It's probably a Chase Bank now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah. Or, it had originally or, been a Chase or Bank. Eleven. Chase Bank like in the, the nineties. Chase Bank in the nineties. It was a venue, but so <laughs> I lost the pants, and I basically walked from there to Avenue B, Avenue A, and Sixth uh, Street in my boxers. With the white shirt and tie on. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go back to, uh, so they were big brown, what kind of pants? They were like these big brown polyester pants. Like, who is one the, of the stylist? I, don't know, I think the bass player, I think Pete, the bass player, had like found never all these pants. The, never let the bass player dress you. <laughs> no. The guy who finds a stockpile of big brown polyester <laughs> pants. Polyester pants. Are they drawstring? No, they weren't drawstrings. No, they, they were, were too just big like... They were just like, I don't know. Maybe they were left over from like FedEx. <laughs> they were gross. <laughs> that was a strange night in other ways too. I'm sure. I don't want to get into the rest of it. Let's go back to, to our guest. Sean, what's, what's your like sweet spot as far as like pre-show drinking? Um, I kind of like probably like uh, you know two or three drinks. Yeah. Something like that. I like to get drunk while I play. So okay. at the end, I'm wasted. Well, you kind of burn it off, too, yeah. during the show. So it's like it's almost like it doesn't count that much. Yeah, and actually, <clears throat> I kind of, like, forget to drink while I'm playing, too. So it's it's yeah. kind of like one of those things. I mean, I've definitely been shit-faced at shows, and, and that's really fun, too. But, like, you, you know, <laughs> then I'll go on some rants that, like, this shouldn't happen. <laughs> but it's always, like, fun. People are always like, yeah, it was really fun. But you know, <laughs> it's, like, weird political thing for, like, a second. And I, I'm not a political guy at all. Just when you get drunk, you get super political. No, I mean, just like when I get like that level. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. I mean? like, That's yeah. the best kind of political guy. What person like doesn't, 10 minutes doesn't know what they're talking about. I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> just don't kill each other, man. Bullshit, well, you probably man. get people like giving you shots during the show. And yeah, stuff. that yeah. used to happen a lot more. Like uh, I used to like make the audience get us Jägermeister. Then I, I quit drinking Jägermeister Oof. because of that. Because sometimes they just keep coming. Yeah. You know, and then he's blackout and I had be a, on a chair somewhere. Yeah, Jägermeister is no joke. <laughs> I had a flashback like to living in Ohio, and I would just buy like huge things of Jägermeister uh, and yeah. have it at home. And I remember like checking out once, and some like really scary guy next to me being like, "Yeah, dude." <laughs> and I was like, "What is this weird?" And I kept it in the freezer just before I went out. I would do shots of it, and I can't believe I did that. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> like no, I used to drink so much Jägermeister. It dude, was like it's a every fucking like, medicine. I think yeah. it was like when I first started drinking and it didn't taste like, it tasted like candy, like gross candy kind right. of. Yeah, I think it was like, it kind of like coats your stomach. Too, yeah. So you like never like get like a stomach ache. Yeah. It's a medicinal. It was yeah, invented like, for like old German people to drink after they ate too much pasta or something. Yeah. But then you just like realize you're just drinking like, you're like, like 
eating like five bags of sugar. Like, <laughs> yeah, dude, it's like cough <laughs> medicine. <laughs> so, are you? Do you still do your podcast? I don't. Man. I did like sixty episodes, and then I kind of like I was touring so much the last two years that it like got really hard to keep up. And like you probably know that like just getting guests for a week to week thing is just like yeah, it's a struggle. Keeping I mean, the quality level up. Yeah, and just like, I mean, and also just like, just even just getting people to agree to do, everyone's lazy. Yeah, yeah. Like, Were you just I, doing it out of your apartment or something? Yeah, I just did it out of my, my room. So, I'd, or, you know, I could go mobile and sort of go to somebody if I had to, but um, yeah, it just got to be too much. And I felt like 60 episodes is a pretty good amount to like yeah. kind of stop it's at. It's very respectable. Like, yeah. Did you stop right at 60 or was it like 63? It was 60. Oh. Yeah. I, my first and last guests were Macaulay Culkin. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I'd, I'd nice. cap it off with is, where I started. How did you How did you kind of link up with Father John Misty? And you guys aren't related, are no, you? No, no. Okay. Totally different, man. He's got like, he's a Tillman with one N and I'm a Tillman with two N's. So it's uh, like a thousand percent different. Gotcha. I'm just, yeah, um, <laughs> that is very different. Way different. Um I think he's like a Norwegian Tillman, and I'm a German Tillman. I don't know what that means. It really, it's a real, it's a age old feud. <laughs> but, uh, the classic Tillman battle. I think we met in L.A. I think uh, we were both like at a party playing charades, and then we were like the guys who like never lo- would leave. We <laughs> just ended up like just hanging. Out. I was like uh, at at my friend Alia Shokat's house, and, like, of course. I mean, so she doesn't care if we never leave. So we just never did. And we're just like, well, we're hanging out with her. And I don't know. We were just talking nonsense and probably like doing mushrooms or something. And like, uh, we just ended up hanging out a lot. And we were both making our records at the same time. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Everything just, we just like cracked each other up. So we just hung out. And you guys have been on the road together? Not at that point. Okay. And then after that, uh, this was probably like, four years ago maybe uh after that we went on tour together when his record first came out when the fear fun his first record came out and uh i still had like no plans of releasing mine so like i opened for him he played drums in my band and then he would do his set and it was like a perfect super awesome time why had you no reason to Release your own record. Oh, I just had no plans yet because oh. it wasn't done, and I had right. to like find a new label and all this. It was it, that shit takes forever. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like even when like you find one, then you got to like make a contract for like yeah. three months. And then they're like, then it'll come out for, in a year. Yeah. Then you wait five months <laughs> at least for like. Every, yeah. It's crazy. <clears throat> so it was like one of those situations, but it was cool. It worked out really well. I yeah. Got to, like he's so fun. I mean, if both of you guys are so funny, but it's I feel like you kind of. It, expect it if you're familiar with harm like your music yeah. but his music i you think he's going to be some super serious like yeah, tortured totally. guy and then and that's when he was like super uh he was like kind of like fighting pitchfork a lot and like <laughs> like now that i think they've like kind of like joined forces in a way but like <clears throat> like <clears throat> sorry uh he was like you know having like really angry shows and like doing just like weird fucking twitter and instagram nonsense I, everything was just like really funny and kind of like shrouded in like this weird mist of anger which i kind of really liked <laughs> and then and then he kind of like he's gone through like so many different phases like he did like five or six tours for that record like yeah so everyone was kind of a little more pro <laughs> but like also a little more manic at the same time which like i loved watching that evolution happen um do you do mushrooms a lot uh i kind of whenever somebody hands them to me yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think it's i was reading this there's this big article in the new yorker this week about them using mushrooms for like medicinal reasons yeah and how like they totally when they became like a schedule one drug by nixon like they totally stopped doing any research on them yeah and so like they're starting over and they're like these are amazing but like we don't know that much about them yeah it's really really interesting it's it's crazy. I mean, it's like one of those things, like, I don't, like, eat an eighth of them like I would in high school and just be like, ah! It's, like, more like eat, like, a cap and a stem and just kind of feel shiny and walk around. And yeah. 
commune shiny with the trees. <laughs> it it really like there, but they talk about certain articles like nothing else can kind of give you that kind of like insight into yourself really, yeah, like, so easily. Well, and it's I, like and they just said as long as you're not like bipolar, have like crazy like mental conditions, it's totally. Oh, dude, it's not. I we used, I used to say it wasn't a drug; it was a tool. Yeah, yeah, you know, like. But yeah, the good point about the research, like the thing about LSD, it's the same, you know, compounds. Is that like it doesn't. It's not detectable in your body after 20 minutes after you've ingested it. Mushrooms, you could probably detect some of the, um, the compounds in the actual plant, but, like, you can't detect any, like, quote-unquote drug. Yeah. So, like, it's really odd that by the time it kicks in, it's not detectable in your bloodstream. <laughs> well, but you can also just be like, that guy's totally on acid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You can, uh, you can sometimes tell. <laughs> but what's even crazier is like, like dimethyltryptamine, like DMT is like the strongest psychedelic. Oh, yeah. Your brain makes it when you're dying. Yeah. Oh, really? It actually, yeah, that's yeah. Like, that's, yeah. That's the chemical that gets released into your brain. Yeah. Yeah. So like when you die, you basically just go on this psychedelic trip. Like that's like the active is that compound in ayahuasca. Asphyxiation junkies are going after. I don't. I don't know exactly. I think they just want to come really hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think you can strangle yourself and make your brain start producing DMT. <laughs> uh, okay, or else, way more people would die yeah, that way. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe ask Yahoo Answers. Yahoo Answers also one of my favorite things on the internet. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> any any question you have in the world, I've talked about this before. They have on there like all. I like and sometimes I'll just be stoned or something googling stuff I'll be like Yahoo answers can I build a pl- airplane for less than $300 and someone has asked it and then there's like a crazy joke answer and then there's like a serious oh, answer yeah. and then there's like all these votes and I just read an article I just read Yahoo answers is Wikipedia page don't ask me <laughs> they what they have a Wikipedia <laughs> yes. page and the, it was this whole thing about once they vote an answer to the top you can never change it Whoa. So they were like, they can start a new question. They but can't even change it? No. Wow. And they were like, you can start a new question, but it, like the older one will get the most votes because it's been there so long. So there, there's all this misinformation on oh, it and they awesome. can't change that's it. That's what I love about the internet. Yeah, this is it's like, great. Like this oral history that's all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike regular history that's 100% accurate. Yeah, that's super accurate. <laughs> oh my God. But I mean, that's, yeah, I think about that too sometimes. Like, what happened? When did Jeeves get fired? When, right, like Ask Jeeves was a thing, and now yeah. it's just Ask. And it was it like a messy split up? Well, I think did they, they actually to, like, assassinated him. They have to buy him. him out. I think they killed him. Do you think like they were like? <laughs> do you think at one point they were like the internet's all these young people? Like we can't have this old Mister Mister Belvedere <laughs> fucking dude. Like Jeeves. Yeah. Uh, uh, how do I get to the Commodore? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. That's sad. <laughs> Somebody should revive that guy, rehire him. <laughs> if Jeeves got a job at Facebook and was like all hip again, <laughs> he has like, like a backwards hat. Facebook like. is like going the way of Jeeves, I think. Like I read this article about how like teenagers like don't use Facebook anymore because like their parents are all on it, so it's like it's not cool oh, anymore. Yeah. That's just gonna be books. Soon. They just they use- get rid of the face. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where things are going. <laughs> if you did, you would be a billionaire. Yeah. Well, I guess yeah. just like Instagram and and Twitter and Snapchat, which I don't understand. I don't use Snapchat. I I like. Yeah, I downloaded the app once and I looked at it and I was like, I'm not gonna do this. I and used I just, like, it. Erased it. And I was like, I was like, this is gonna be crazy. And <laughs> everything I got was like a penis. No, <laughs> dude, that's like the kind of stuff like you that's what not, you were looking not, for. Not exactly, but that's like the the like the ballpark I was thinking I was gonna right. get stuff in. And it was like pasta dinner, or yeah, look at my yeah, dog, exactly. or like yeah, all dog. this mundane shit dog. that I would just like skip. Like yeah. if I saw on Instagram, like, oh I was my like, "God, this is so exclusive!" Yeah, I can and only I was see like, this dog picture once, and, and I could tell it. it was like, yeah, people I know, like girls I knew, who just like sent out like just random like boring day at work, and it's like yeah. a computer. And, and I was so like, you can, like, yeah, I don't know, I don't want to even. But I think it's just maybe I'm too old. Like I'm just the people I know are just aren't using it right. Yeah, or like, yeah, probably. <laughs> or I just have totally unreal expectations <laughs> for it. Well, chat roulette was really fun for like a week. Yes. That was like a great week. I forgot. Yeah, that was <laughs> so. Sh- I wonder. I wonder who are the people who are still on chat really? Oh, now. there's a lot of them. I really? Bet. Yeah, I bet it's like weird. I bet it's like all. I don't know. 
Maybe it's just like all. Maybe it's I, I can imagine it like took over like China or something. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it's always weird. They're probably into like some shit that will be into in the future. But yeah. They're also just getting chat roulette right now. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just making shit up. I guess. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, <laughs> That's what we're here for. <laughs> I feel so, like yeah. yeah. I feel like Tinder maybe changed the game for that stuff too. Because maybe yeah. all those dudes on chat roulette are like, and I can actually talk to real people well th- that's those guys like penises. branded tinder are like insane because they just branded dating now now people like when they're like tweeting about like a couple being on a date they're like oh my god these guys are on a tinder date it's never yeah. just a date yeah it's always just like oh i can tell these guys are on a tinder date yeah and you're like well, all dates are awkward why does it have to be a tinder date well, it's all, it's, uh, yeah and i feel like whenever i see stand-up comedy now there's like a 10 minute bit about tinder yeah like it's like so it's permeated pop culture so much it's really interesting well, well, straight it's... people just do it wrong too it's like grinder was awesome yeah. for gay dudes because they just like go fuck yeah and they're like all right bro no let's let's uh, never see you again like that was like that's like what dudes want and then you get like guys and girls involved and they're like well let's get coffee and size each other up and then maybe in like two weeks i'll give you a blowjob there's, <laughs> there's nothing like, well, fuck this there's nothing better than the, the tinder date though yeah to be an observer Oh yeah, I love doing that. Oh, Watching yeah. people when you can tell it's a first date. Yeah, our friend Jay Green was uh, live tweeting a Tinder date that was happening behind him while he was DJing last night. No way. Yeah, it was <laughs> fucking great. You it's good. Check him out. It's good fun. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there's a, there's a reality TV show in there somewhere. Well, <laughs> it must have really fucked the like actual like Match. dot com and all these sites that like it's like whatever thirty bucks a month. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah, they're like record stores now or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you just are like, hey, I guess I'll go browse. <laughs> they deserve uh, it. Dating in New York, guys. Don't do it. Don't know, man. Don't, don't date do it. anywhere. Don't. <laughs> yeah, worst. don't do it anywhere. Just stay home. Yeah, if you didn't like find someone in college, you're fucked. So whatever. <laughs> if you didn't go to college, you got to go find someone who's in college. Yeah. Maybe you should just go hang out at colleges. Yeah. <laughs> so you're leaving for tour tomorrow? Uh, just a couple shows. Just a couple shows? I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of like, I'm not really touring for the next year while I write the new record. Okay. But I'm going to fly out and get paid. Nice. Where are you going? To pay my rent. Um, I'm going to New Orleans tomorrow. And then, uh, you know, just random things, wherever wherever it takes me. I'm going to dupe. I'm... Uh, I'm doing Primavera oh, nice. sound, which will be really fun. I'm just like DJing the opening party. I just basically like, I just basically like wanted to get booked just to be there because the lineup's so good. Who's playing that? Uh, man, is that uh, in Italy or something? Or? It's in Barcelona. Barcelona. It's like my favorite festival because they put everybody up. All the bands stay in a, a hotel across the street from the festival grounds. Oh wow! So like everybody that you've ever met, it's like. Like there, I think like the Strokes are headlining one day, and God, the lineup's insane. I, I like, um, who else? I can't remember. I'll just pull it up because it's well, it no reason not to at this point. <laughs> I'll just babble and try to guess, and then it's like whatever. Just say some lies. That's what, <laughs> yeah. that's what we do. Uh, the Eagles yeah. are playing. The Eagles, Steely Dan's <laughs> playing every day. Don Henley's solo. I, the Eagles and, you hear the Eagles and the Eagles of death metal are, are, have combined into a super group. Oh, uh, yeah. that'd be sweet. <laughs> <laughs> the Eagles, Eagles of regular metal. Eagles squared of death metal. God, that would be so weird. That would be weird. Um, Could happen. Oh, God. <laughs> they make it so hard. Whatever. Go online. Look Go at online. Check it out. Spo- <laughs> yeah, we're not going to do it for you. you I'm can supposed do to be a lot of cool events. Do you... Uh, Dokken, Firehouse. Oh, my God. Um, Rat. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember who else. Firehouse. What was their song? When I Look in Your Eyes? Um, no, that was Bad English. When I see you smile. Right. Is that them? Yes. I can face the world. What was up with that? Like, Dude. every every album had to have a ballad, and that was the hit. Yep. That's how, like, you got in the door with your metal, your hair metal band. I remember going to buy a Firehouse cassette and getting it confused with Firehose, Mike Watts band. Oh man, that's awesome. And I wish I had bought the Firehose yeah, album yeah, instead. Yeah. I would have been turned out so much cooler. Yeah, I think yeah. <laughs> Is that Firehouse? You were going to buy a Firehouse album? Yeah. 
Wow. <laughs> they're, just, they're cute yeah, girls. Man. They're hot. They, what else did they do? Warrant did cherry pie. Warrant, yeah, Warrant had a bunch Who of did I saw red when I, I opened saw red. It. They do they do that? No, that was Warrant. That was Warrant too. Yeah. <laughs> I saw Warrant. I don't, were you there? No. I saw Warrant play a party when me and Kathy were in college. What? They played at a frat house. No way. And I Where? What college? I went we, we went to Ithaca College. They played okay. a frat house at Cornell. Sweet. And I actually had I did the zine back then called Law of Inertia with yeah. this guy Ross. Oh and yeah. Ross published a whole thing of photos and an essay about the concert. I just found it. So I was just looking at this, but oh my God. we showed up and like there was a tour bus parked in for this frat house and we heard about it and rolled over there and some dude answered the door. He's like, yeah, it's just for like members of frat, whatever. What? And I was like, I was like, dude, we'll give you 20 bucks each. And he's like, all right. Oh, yeah. And he let us in and they had a backyard, like a sound booth set up, like full stage, Whoa. like kegs. And we, there were like maybe like a hundred people there. And Warrant just came out and they were all wearing matching Warrant jerseys. <laughs> That's awesome. And... I remember they played like a full set with all these photos, and they the one that band Lit was really big then. Yeah, my worst. And they're like, "We're gonna cover a song for my bros and Lit." Like, oh my god, they were trying so hard just to be sort of relevant. <laughs> yeah. And like, oh, no. I remember at one point, Janie Lane, R.I.P., was like <laughs> over by the frat house and had dudes pouring beer into his mouth yeah. from like three floors. That's up. what I'd be doing. It was. It was <laughs> incredible, and I can't believe it happened. That's have, amazing. Yeah, I wonder whose idea that was. This like, sounds I, like the, the. If I didn't have photos of it, I wouldn't believe it had happened. Yeah, they weren't like filming like a Todd no, Phillips. No, it movie was or... literally like I guess someone. <laughs> I don't know how much money they got. It but sounds like the remember the scene in Old School. Like sounds <laughs> yeah, like yeah, the, yeah. sounds like this is where the concept came yeah. from. It, this, yeah. but this was like probably like 1999 or something. Oh, it was shit. so crazy, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that's insane. I mean, I guess they must have been. I mean, if they're still on a tour bus, they still have like a pretty I, yeah, high must, overhead, I right? Mean, they must have been at least like five grand to yeah, rent warrant. I would think so because I saw them actually in Ithaca. At the, I saw them again, like a couple years later at the Haunt. They played with Quiet Riot. Oh, they just keep coming back. Yeah, they and it was like, like not around. not very crowded and kind of depressing, and they were all wearing like Atticus and like oh, no. like Ramones, oh, no. like you know, like it's like it's got to oh, be tough no. though to be at that yeah. point and being like we want to be cool. I guess this is what kids are into. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I say just don't try because like yeah. hair metal will probably come back. Yeah. It I mean, will it, it kind of has. I feel. Well, yeah. I feel like at least that look. Like I feel like all these bands, like Black Veil Brides, and yeah. all this kind of oh, yeah. glammy. It's like, but they're doing. Yeah, they do it good too. Yeah, like I, I like to listen to the new bands, not really the old ones. I was, I was. Just, yeah, I mean, it's kind of like the same. I, I was talking to some friends about like, like, uh, like Missy Elliott at the Super Bowl just came out dressed like super nineties, and it was awesome. That was yeah. so. And so brilliant. like she just had to like wait like twelve years, <laughs> yeah, yeah. fifteen years, and then just like all her clothes are like cool again. Yeah, so I guess like, that's the way it works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she's like, sweet. That all timed out perfectly. That was so psych when she came on. I had no idea. Was she a secret guest? I had heard about it. I don't. Uh, know. They didn't really announce her. That though. was the best. Yeah, that was, that awesome. was so. Awesome. I didn't see it. Yeah, check it yeah, out. Yeah, you should watch more football, dude. What are you doing? <laughs> I didn't watch. I didn't watch the game this year. You didn't mm. get all psyched for Katy Perry and Lenny Kravitz. No. <laughs> <laughs> I left. Yeah. How did Lenny Kravitz get on that bill? Like, well, because I think to like uh, make the song "I Kissed a Girl" more uh, they need a uh, rock easy dude. to swallow for like uh, for like half of America. They needed like Lenny Kravitz to come out sing the chorus with Katy Perry and then she had to get on her right. knees and like shake her ponytail around <laughs> like she was giving him some sort of like weird space blowjob. <laughs> That's like a pretty old song too. Yeah. I mean not the Joseph <laughs> Buell one but even the Katy Perry one it's like it's like that song yeah. came out a while ago. Yeah that's yeah. like six years old. Or yeah it's like her first hit isn't it? Yeah. I mean it's definitely the first thing that kind of pushed her out there. Yeah. I watched um, an entire Metallica concert from 1989 last night. Whoa. From remember that live shit Binge and Purge box set it was like it was a box set and it had like videos and cds there's a concert from seattle from 89 and it's so weird you have that whole box set? no but the whole oh. concert is on youtube oh, yeah, like sweet. i found it uh, i have the box set somewhere at my parents house but i don't have a vcr <laughs> anymore but it was so weird because i was like it was cool but i was like this band isn't that heavy like looking no. at it now and like watching the crowd and the way they act it's like 
it's like the heaviest thing ever. <laughs> yeah. And the drum, the drums are just so bad. It's so crazy. bad. <laughs> how do they? How do you? How do you get away with that? I don't, <laughs> I don't know. That's a really good question. That's crazy. Like yeah. nobody, everybody knows, but nobody cares that much. Yeah. I've except other drummers are like fuck this. <laughs> and a lot of the parts just like go on for so like they'll repeat. That's like and for whom the bell tolls. Like they'll repeat stuff for like three minutes like i couldn't listen to that shit when it came out it drove me nuts really oh it's like you're saying it's just so repetitive and oh yeah it's i mean i'm not a metallica hater but i kind of like some of their stuff but yeah when they came out and the videos were just i thought the videos were so dumb i thought they were i thought the videos were really cool i thought that unforgiven video was like blew my mind yeah oh, yeah so i was like how's obvious. this how is he eating like he's feeding him like he's a kid then he's an old guy well i'm older than you too so i was a little jaded maybe yeah by mtv what's your favorite era of metallica um i never really had a phase but i guess like if you i, I guess if i had to choose an album it'd be master of puppets yeah maybe. that's a good one yeah were you did you have like a metal phase at all not really. I kind of like was always, I was always like into like uh, kind of everything. I never really got in. I, I listened to some like Anthrax, I guess, when I played like hockey in eighth grade. <laughs> <laughs> but like, <clears throat> and I, I think like one of the first tapes I ever bought was Quiet Riot. Okay, so like that kind of metal yeah, I yeah. was into, and like I guess you know I guess if you, you you count like Motley Crue, I had a huge Motley Crue phase in like third third through fifth grade. <laughs> And Guns N' Roses, like Appetite's still like one of my favorite albums. Yeah, but I wouldn't call that like metal as yeah. much as just like it's inc- hard rock. Incredible! I just saw a documentary about that. It's incredible <clears throat> that they made that album. Like when you read the books about them, like how yeah. fucking young they were yeah. and super fucked up, and then like to go into the studio and like cut that record. Like, I know everything's like, amazing and insane. perfect. Like Duff's bass lines are fucking yeah. crazy. They're so good. His book is incredible. Oh, I haven't read it yet. It's so easy and otherwise. Yeah, because <laughs> he's he was like the punk. We talked about this before. He's like the punkest dude ever. Yeah, like he was super into punk rock. Like lived in some place full of roaches. Like joined dnr was just like partying every night just like yeah he's like a seattle dude yeah he like is friends with all the the grunge dudes and yeah everything. well yeah. all those dudes were pretty much into it. i mean slash was really slash was too rock. but yeah yeah it's pretty i guess that doesn't come like you think of them as such like a quintessential like hard rock band you don't yeah. think of like the crossover it's probably why they were fresh yes <laughs> how did you how did you get into like soul music and that type of stuff i mean i guess i was always listening to kind of everything like when i was like little i would like <clears throat> listen to i i guess it all started like with like michael jackson and then i got really into stevie wonder from there uh and then i don't know i'd like i kind of didn't even realize i was that into like soul music in particular i just like listened to oldies radio a lot and so like i just knew all these songs like all these Sam Cooke songs, because, like, he's kind of just, like, a staple of all that, or at least at that time was Oldies Radio. So, like, I didn't even know who was singing these songs, and I knew all the words, and I found out, like, Sam Cooke sang most of them. And uh, I just loved that stuff. And I was like, oh, this is my guy. And then, like, Otis Redding kind of came after that. I don't know. I just, like, I was always just drawn to that that kind of music. It's and so I think rich, it's, like, through, man. like, Stand By Me, like, watching, like, movies like that. Like, right. I think a lot of my musical tastes, like, were... Yeah, predetermined by like soundtracks of like eighties movies. So that's but why I'm, I'm always and singing 70s, like "Wind Beneath My Wings." Sixties and seventies soul is like, it's just the richest music. It's the it's the one thing that like any everybody can listen to and enjoy. Whether yeah, into country music or exactly. punk rock or like, it's so like expands everything. Yeah, I've always been like attracted to like kind of like uh, like sad chord structures and like happy lyrics or like sad lyrics and happy chord structures sort of things just like because <laughs> like playing off each other it always works really well interesting so at one <clears throat> at what point were you like i think maybe i could try to do something like this was it, um were you playing in like bands in high school and stuff yeah i mean i was always i was in a, in high school i was in this noise band called kelvin crime and we got like signed to amrep Really? Yeah, that's we were, amazing. We did two albums on AMREP. Uh, I think they signed us when I was like seventeen or eighteen, 
and we toured with Trenchmouth all the time. That's how I and met Fred's like, band? Fred when yeah, I met Fred. I know Armisen. Fred and Damon, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Damon rules too. Like, yeah, they they took us on our first little like Midwest jaunt of like four shows. No way. Yeah. We were like super fans what of them. What a blast. Yeah. You were seventeen? Yeah. Yeah, that's totally. crazy, dude. What was what was Fred Armisen like back then? Uh, still, he's been like, on the podcast before. He's a nice oh, he's dude. Yeah. Awesome, man. Um, he uh, he was like just the same. Like those two, Fred and Damon, would like constantly riff and fuck with us, and like because they were like they would give us like all this fake advice. Be like, you know, you know, when it's like uh, when it's like really shitty. Like we'd be like in a like a weird coffee shop in like St. Cloud, Minnesota, and there'd be like a snowstorm. They'd be like, you know. When uh, when it's really really horrible out like this, the only thing you can do driving wise is just gun it and just go as fast as you can. Just drive as fast as you can because that is the only way to stay safe, you know. And like and like they would just give us like all this like bullshit brotherly advice, and we just like kind of like just take it and be like, you know what I mean? You can't like really riff back when you're like seventeen, right? You're right. Just sort of like go like like so, they were like uncles that would like crack us up. That's they were like not of- that much older than us, you know. <laughs> that's like what it's like talking to Fred now that I feel like he's always doing bits and yeah. I was like I can't do it back to you because you're so good at it yeah and he's so deadpan that yeah. you're like, but yeah. they would do like stuff like because I would always be in the front row like just dancing my ass off because I loved trench mouth and uh um like if I'd go to the bathroom Fred would like stop the song <laughs> and like wait for me to come back <laughs> And like you know, what I mean? like wait, no, everybody stop! Like Sean's, uh, Sean's going to the bathroom, and so like the whole crowd would just have to stand there while I like took a piss and then come back and be like one, two, three, four. and like you know, just shit like that. So like, when he started doing comedy, you were not very surprised. Oh god, no! Like all of a sudden, he just showed up on Conan once, like doing stand up, and I was like, oh, that's fucking perfect. And I saw him play. He was like drumming in the Blue Man Group for a while when I lived in Chicago for a bit. Really? Yeah, that was super awesome. Like that's I, I went and watched him do that couple times <laughs> but yeah he made that that south by southwest video yes if you haven't seen it anybody like that's like a legendary it's comedy video he plays yeah. like 20 different characters interviewing bands so once that started getting passed around i was like this dude will be on snl that part where he's those guys are i can't remember all those executives are speaking and he asks if they'll kiss each other yeah, yeah <laughs> and they're exactly. like so not it's into like it. grail marcus <laughs> yeah. and like somebody else like, like having like a me? really super <laughs> serious conversation <laughs> oh my god that was amazing <laughs> or just like when he had like the buck tooth character that just like couldn't say anything but would just like look really wide-eyed into the camera and then at like Susie sue or whoever he was like interviewing <laughs> so good <laughs> That's when tracked down. I, it's, that one's hard to find. Is it? Yeah, that was like a VHS a tape that just got passed around. I wonder if it's online. I, yeah, I saw it online it. a couple years ago. Okay, sweet. Probably up there. Somewhere. I gotta watch that again. That's hilarious. So you were in the span on Amrap. Yeah, and then we did like two albums and a few EPs, and then I started this project called Shan Na Na. That's like more like indie pop kind of stuff. Um, uh, like. I would record like with Lois at in Olympia and um I did like a split CD which is hilarious people did split CDs at one point <laughs> with Mary Lou Lord okay and uh, I toured a lot with Sean and it was kind of like uh it was good it's like it was more like Elvis Costello kind of like guitar pop stuff but then we'd like close out the set with like this R. Kelly cover of When a Woman's Fed Up and like the crowd would go insane and I'd have like the most fun doing that. And I realized like at the after party, like, you know, you'd be like dancing, jumping off couches with all the girls that like were at the show, like listening to like TLC and like that was the music everybody actually like wanted to party to. So yeah. I was like, I'm going to start making music like this. I'm going to make party music. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Like I want to yeah. stop staring at my feet. My <laughs> yeah. Mom's like, <laughs> not have to wear a guitar and just There's like get in people's faces and have fun that's interesting so especially for someone like you because i feel like amrep and that stuff is like like the most credible thing you can do <laughs> yeah. in music. Yeah. and then i feel like i had this talk with someone in a really popular band recently like pop music sort of like this idea of like guilty pleasures or yeah. like stuff like that it's like or it's not cool but it's like that's sort of like elvis costello is also pop music like yeah yeah it's like it's one of those things it's funny because like tom hazelmeyer who runs amrep like when i told him i was doing this harmar superstar thing he was like oh god that's like that sucks you know and like and then he came to see the show and he was like he saw how like kind of confrontational it was and like fucked up and weird and he was like 
holy shit, this is amazing. He started putting me on shows with like the Melvins when they come through town and stuff. And like, he like, you know, I think the live show sells a lot of people. Like, right. I'm still like really good friends with Hazelmeyer to this day. I've like sang on a couple of like the newer Halo of Flies records that he's done. And it's pretty fun. Pretty f Like, I love that dude. He's a, he's a real like musical mentor to me because he like kind of showed me how the music business worked, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever had like, problems with like just people in the audience who don't get it who are just like yeah not as much lately because i think like people sort of just know what they're getting and right when i play i mean i'm normally headlining my own tours so people are kind of there for it but definitely i've had like i had a lot of like yeah like uh uh bad bad <laughs> crowd experiences like the first Especially like the first big tours I would do, like when I'd go out with like the Strokes and and uh, like I toured with Incubus through the South. Wow. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I got really good at like kind of like taking the first heckler and shutting him down in front of everybody and making him look like an idiot. So everybody else would just be kind of afraid to try. <laughs> so that was like a skill I picked up. It's yeah. kind of like a stand up comedy trick. Yeah. Uh, I kind of like for years. It kind of felt like I was a stand-up, but I could hide behind music. You know, like it wasn't as, as bare as like going up there with just. Yeah, the maybe mic. it was easier being, <laughs> yeah. being that different than from Incubus that you could actually get away with it. Whereas if you were like, I don't know, like a rock band, it yeah, wouldn't work. You know, <laughs> well, if you're just a rock band, people would just sort of be like, "Eh, it's a rock band." Right, right. But like, I think people just don't understand that if you. Even if you get off stage early, like if people are like, get off stage, we want to see our favorite band, like they're not going to go on any early. Right. There is a schedule <laughs> right. posted backstage. Yes. That band is like out eating dinner. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're like, yeah, yeah, not, yeah. They're, not like they're either like watching the opening band because they love it or they're like, yeah, they're like at the casino or some shit. Like, no, we don't have to be there till... 9 30 because we play at 10 so right you know what else they have <laughs> you know what I mean? that the like, audience may not realize is this thing called a set list yeah <laughs> like they're probably going to play the songs they decided beforehand yeah maybe exactly. not but like probably pretty yeah. much yeah i hate when someone like yeah like requests a song that you're going to do in like eight songs and you're like yeah I, we'll get there and they just keep yelling it after every song you're like it's it'll happen it it's is always... the single of this record that i'm touring right now so i'm pretty sure we'll do that just wait, because you do it later, so but you don't you can, all leave. You can see why bands <laughs> rebel and don't play the fucking single. Oh. Yeah. yeah, They just get sick of it after I, a while. That. I, I it, kind of like it when bands do that sometimes. Like, I saw, we had Blake Schwarzenbach on the podcast. Oh, sweet. And I saw him do a sh show, Coco 66, where he didn't, it was like this weird, like, we talk about it a lot. It was almost like Neil Hamburger, like, performance art. Whoa. Like, he was trying to look at something on a music stand and kept dropping this light and like would spend like five minutes fixing it <laughs> and then drop it. And the crowd like just wanted to hear Jawbreaker, Jester Brazil stuff. <laughs> oh, and he shit. played all new stuff and did this weird bit about the light. And I loved like the withholding. Like yeah. I liked it because I thought what he was doing was also really interesting. And it wasn't just this fucking another like nostalgia trip where yeah. people can just feel like they're 17 again or something. Like Yeah, that's awesome. Man. Yeah, it was cool. <laughs> I want to see that. Would he just go as like Blake Schwartz? Yeah, just as Blake Schwartz. He was there. There was a period he was just doing these shows in Greenpoint, like DJing or just doing these solo shows. And yeah, just really, it was really weird, but kind of cool. Sweet. Yeah, Dude, I got to check it out. Yeah, check it out, guys. <laughs> yeah, check out. Blake. So you're spending? Are you working on a record now? Yeah, I'm like writing it right now. Um, going to El Paso in March for like a week to like start tracking it, and then. Uh, I'll see what happens from there. I mean, it's, I'm not planning on having it done till like June or July, which means it probably won't come out till November, or January, February next year. Who knows? Yeah. Whenever I run out of money, it'll hopefully come out. <laughs> what's, in El, what's in El Paso? Um, there's an amazing studio there called Sonic Ranch. That's just like kind of like a oasis in the middle of nowhere. It's like 30 miles outside of El Paso, and it's been there forever. Like, I think Ministry made their first records there. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just go there a lot. Uh, Dave Siddick records a lot of his stuff there. Oh. Um, John Congleton. Like, a bunch of, like, there's three studios. Three, like, full, amazing right. studios. And everybody stays in, like, a Hacienda-style house. And 
it's just a really good vibe. Like it doesn't feel like you're working when you're there right. and there's no distractions whatsoever. I love that shit. I can't do it. I can't record in New York. Like right. if I set up studio time, I just like everybody would be there, you know, scatterbrained. You'd yeah. be, you just like basically by like 10 o'clock every night, would just want to be like, let's go to a bar you know what I mean? And then, like, everybody would, like, scatter, and then, like, you end up being out till 6 in the well, morning, and then you don't show up till Yeah, like even two. if you keep everybody <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, yeah. They're going to go out, yeah. Yeah. So it's like when you're at a place where it's like, we can, like, work from 10 a.m. to, like, 10 p.m., and it doesn't feel like we're working, and then we're, like, all kind of tired, and we just, like, eat dinner and pass out, and then do it again for, like, every day for a week. It's kind of, no, it's it's kind a, of chill. It's a good way to make a record. You know? Yeah. Is it hard sort of with the other guys in your band kind of doing other projects to find time for everything or just like it's no. a scheduling thing? No, it's just like everybody's kind of, everybody does their own thing. Kind of yeah. like I, I write my songs. I have like, um, uh, the studio is totally different. Like Denver's normally off doing his own thing. So he doesn't really play on the records as much because he'll be touring with like Desperacitos. Um, my friend Chris Bearden, plays bass he's the bass player of the band Polisa okay and um so he's gonna come down and be the bass player Ryan McMahon who tours with me is gonna play drums um I think Matt Sweeney's gonna come for a few days no and play way, guitar. That's awesome. yeah we've been writing some stuff together so I'm gonna start with that as the core band and then after that I'll like add keys and horns and all that stuff just uh on other people's whenever they can do it I'll probably go back to Austin and do the horns with Jim Eno and the guys from Group of Phantasma, and, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be all pieced together like that after after the fact. So, and then, yeah. So it's really not like you know. I'll probably actually recording wise be working on it for like a week every month for the next okay six months or something, five months. Is that how you you normally generally kind of do it now, or is it kind of different? That's kind of how I time? did the last one. Okay, like I was in Austin for a month, but I only recorded like two days a week. Because we were doing like a residency at the Mohawk. We played every week and then we did like two shows in New Orleans. And we were just like doing like satellite stuff. And a couple days a week was all it took. Like for me, like I went in with like the 10 songs that are the record. And we did all the bass and drums and basic shit in like two days. Like it just goes really fast. Because it's kind of like, I think the simpler the better for the basic stuff. And then... And with soul music, you don't want it to be like too crazy, and this is like some epic sweeping song, which I don't really have any of. So, like you know, I I, just... it seems also like kind of a good idea to be kind of playing shows while you're record. I mean, like I would think that would kind of maybe help the songs. Like, yeah, I was like actually not even really playing the new stuff because I feel like I have to have like the tracks kind of fully fleshed out before gotcha. I can play them. But maybe not for this one. We'll see. I might be able to like actually play some of this shit live before it. Well, it's the trick done. is you're dealing with a very highly skilled group of musicians. Yeah. So, yeah, you can get away with yeah, working I mean, exactly guys, how you're working. We can, like, yeah, I mean, we can, like, like sight unseen. Like, if they haven't heard a song, I can just go in and we can, like, yeah. play through it three times and be like, all right, cool, let's just lay it down. And then yeah. it's there. You know what I mean? So it's kind of, it's more freeing. And so I'll, I'll try, hopefully I'll have a bunch written by the time we get there, like, nine or ten songs but then we can like just write a bunch there too i just want to kind of like leave it open we'll was see it, who knows who knows what's gonna happen what's gonna like, happen in the desert yeah <laughs> texas was it hard for you to fire your mini disc player like did you have to let it down easily <laughs> i it was I, I held on as long as i could like i tried to like get the like this was like years ago but like i really wanted to keep the mini disc i just like loved the format but it was so dead you couldn't even like <laughs> couldn't even find a play a way to even like transfer onto it it was insane so i was like <laughs> fine i guess i'll get an ipod and then everything's just been super easy since then so <laughs> <laughs> i made it so unnecessarily hard for myself yeah but mini disc was so funny <laughs> <laughs> 32 kilohertz i believe was the sampling rate of a mini disc really and i think so i remember it was an odd sampling rate it wasn't like cd yeah something weird and you could like move the tracks around i still have no idea how that worked what do you mean you like, like you could like move the order of the tracks on it like within the machine like you just on the one disc you could like you could pick an order but it wasn't like through a computer it was like right. through the little weird window on the on the yeah. mini disc player screen 
Weird. Yeah. So you could like change, Vinny, you could change your setup, dude. Vinny, this, I mean, the, the, there's definitely going to be people listening to this that have no clue what we're talking about. It's not like yeah. CD or vinyl, like we like mini discs. It came and went within a few years. Yeah. yeah. But it was like the hot shit for like yeah, yeah, a second. No. Super I think a few tech. albums were actually released on mini I think you're right. Like with like little tiny artwork. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, think <laughs> right. I, worked at a, I worked at a record store and I remember when people would bring in Laserdisc, like oh, they would be me. like, they would go in like a day. Like people would just always come in looking for Laserdisc. Yeah, yeah. I used, I used to have that, you remember that format video disc? That was like, it was basically like a weird big disc that you put in like okay there's a big Isn't plastic that a laser cartridge. disc a big 12 inch well but there's video disc it's different <laughs> and you like you put in this big pl- uh, plastic cartridge that looks like a big plastic 12 inch album and you put it in and then the, the the thing comes out of it like when you pull out the, the like cover, the case or something the case and it's like a record inside of there that plays like a record but it's a video and then halfway through the movie you have to like Put in the thing, pull it flip out, it over. flip it over, <laughs> and do it again. No and way. Like, yeah, and oh I, so God. I found like I found like eighty of those at like a thrift store in Montana, and bought them for like I don't know, like seventy bucks or something. And I had like Purple Rain and like Apocalypse Now and like all these like awesome movies, Cannonball Run two. I like and like found that my brother found the player on eBay for like fifty bucks and got that for me for Christmas. Was, was it like, digital or my, was it like a magnetic disc? No, it was like a record. It was like a, some the same oh kind of like God. properties as vinyl in this. a way. You got to look into video disc, and like I was like one of the greatest things that ever happened with that was that like there was a scene in Cannibal Run Two where um, where uh, Burt Reynolds is it Burt Reynolds or is it Tom Selleck? It's Burt Reynolds. He he gets. He gets woken up by somebody squirting him in the nuts with a seltzer water bottle from like five feet away. And uh, that part just started skipping. So it was just over and over, just Burt Reynolds getting like, like, like hit in the nuts with a seltzer water bottle. And I like left it going. I like called people over. Like, like this was like when I was like 20, 20. I was like, this is the best thing ever. And we just like, we just kept smoking weed and watching this thing for like five hours. Just and made just, like, it into warm. a party. Yeah, it was like that. <laughs> <clears throat> just kept going forever but like yeah so there's some really fortunate skipping like it could skip like a record which is amazing right. yeah you don't get those happy accidents anymore <clears throat> no that's just not, no, not the happy accident is it just breaks now and you it's get nothing like, now you just get a loading screen yeah that makes you angry i hate that when you're like internet just that just happens now because yeah. i stream everything yeah man I think that's like the lowest I can go. That's like the only time my roommates will hear me like scream in my room. I'm like, fuck! It's <laughs> like, I just can't watch TV. You're watching Peaky Blinders and it's. Just- yeah, it just won't let me. <laughs> or it's like, you know, there was like a. I don't know what happened last week. There was a point where I was trying to watch like an episode of like Parks and Rec and it took like an hour to get through the whole thing. It was so mad. It's like 20 minutes of TV. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know how I did that. I don't know, without, like, I just, I was so mad. I was, like, trying to watch a sitcom, like, super angry. <laughs> party. I just want to party. Let's give it up for Harmar. Let's pop some bottles. Hey, man. That's his deal, right? I mean, he used to throw big parties around Brooklyn, right? Yeah. That was, um... That's how I found out about him first, originally. I forgot that after this podcast, he invited me to his birthday party, and I went to it, <laughs> and it, it was really fun. And I, uh, This is weird, the way you're talking about this in the past. I know, it is about weird. About something that's going to happen in the future, or air in the future. Yeah. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, anyways, someone brought out a bunch of cupcakes. There's a, a, is that what you call it nowadays? <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> There's a, a group photo that was like dark and blurry. You couldn't see anything. Uh, but yeah, fun times. Uh, Sean's a great dude. Um, check out all the Harmar records. But especially, the records are sick. Like I said, his band, Denver Ryan, all those guys are great. Um, but you sort of want to also see him live because it's it's amazing. He puts on an amazing performance. Yeah, it's worth it. So yeah. Thanks to Sean, a.k.a. Harmar Superstar, for coming by. Um, thank you to Commonwealth Press for sponsoring us. Uh, mm-hmm. Go to commonwealthpress.com slash podcast uh, to get six free shirts. With your order. With your order. For your cool band your or cool your band. bar mitzvah. Yeah, any kind of event. It doesn't have to be a band. That's true. You could like have your favorite shirt 
from when you were a kid that you grew out of and you want to get, you know, like 40 copies of it so you never have to wash one. Dude, just get a shirt with your face on it and just give it to your friends. I'm wearing a shirt right now Oh, that my friend John Cheese made. I John Cheese gave me he, this shirt. He really is. John, John is not lying. He has that on. John still is a good friend of mine. He lives here now. He's married as a kid. But he gave me the shirt on Warped Tour 2002. And I st- he said, I actually ran into recently. He was like, you are the only person that still wears that shirt. <laughs> so think about it. Get a shirt made by Commonwealth Press. Give it to someone, and every time they look down at it, they'll think about you and your friendship. Oh, that's, that's a great idea. Yeah, my friend Isaac also made Isaac Walter made shirts. He does an amazing site called Minor Thread. Do you know? Have I told you about this? <laughs> my friend Isaac does a site Minor Thread where he wears a different band T-shirt every day and Whoa. documents the front and back. And I think he's on like definitely more than five hundred days in a row. <laughs> He has the most T-shirts. He's he collects also de- Descendant shirts, and they have some. I'll show you, but check out minorthread.com. Uh, but yeah, Isaac also sent me a shirt with his face on it. I wore it on stage at a bunch of shows this year. Like, I feel like basically, I guess what I'm saying is, if you give me anything free, I will wear it until it disintegrates. Because that's how much I hate shopping for clothes. Anyways, uh, thanks to Commonwealth Press. Thanks to Harmar. Visit us at goingofftrack.com. You can donate if you want to support the podcast. You can leave us a nice rating on iTunes. That doesn't cost anything and uh, is also like a nice way just to say you like us. Um, We're very insecure people. So (laughs) any kind of validation coming from anyone makes us feel good. Um, So, yeah, check us out online. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Brad, do you have anything to add? I drank so much coffee. I feel like I'm talking really fast. (laughs) I'm speechless. I'm enjoying just watching this ride. Oh, my God. It's a wild (laughs) ride, but I got a feeling the inevitable crash is coming. (laughs) And it's going to be up in flames. So until next week, good night. (laughs) And God bless.